Okie dokie, welcome to tangent number six. Another day of controversy and penalties and interesting football all around. Reviewing the first match of the day, Colombia versus Japan. Well, this one got interesting in a hurry. From the get-go, James not fit enough to start, and that was a big concern for Colombia fans, and things just got worse. From there, an early push from Japan and the Colombian defense scrambled. Uh, Carlos Sanchez Moreno intentionally using his hand to prevent a goal, which automatically results in a red card. He is sent off the field, and Colombia can't replace him. They have to finish the game with 10 men. This was reminiscent to me of Harry Kuehl's red card for Australia back in 2010. Australia was up 1-0, and Kuehl in the 24th minute, one of their stars, he gets hit in the arm with the ball trying to stop a goal. He'd be sent off, and Australia would ultimately draw the game with Ghana. Their hopes of advancing derailed. They ultimately didn't make it through to the next round. Hopefully, it's not the same story for Colombia, though. Uh, Japan scores their penalty kick, but later, Colombia gets a free kick off a foul, which looked like nothing. Uh, but justice returns later as Japan go ahead 2-1 to one off a corner kick, and that would be the final score. Um, so Colombia showing that they could play well even with 10 men, so hopefully their chances aren't too dim going into the second and third matches. Senegal versus Poland. Ooh, a wild one here. Some controversy in the second half when Mbe Niang came off for an injury treatment, and the referee waved him back on, but just as one of the Polish midfielders tried clearing the ball back to his goalkeeper, and Niang pounced for Senegal's second goal. A lot of people wondering if that was um, legal. Um, it was legal, but the referee might have made a mistake. Nevertheless, the goal stands. Poland would bag a goal later, but too little too late. Poland ranked number six in the world is technically upset here, but I think that that ranking is very generous. And we saw today Senegal played hard and earned the win 2-1. to one. Egypt versus Russia. A tough one to watch, I think. Uh, we all wanted to see Salah razzle-dazzle Russia, but as predicted, he just doesn't have the same kind of support on Egypt that he gets from his Liverpool teammates, and Russia were able to handle him, netting three goals in the second half, the first of which was one of the odder ones you'll see, an own goal wildly deflecting off of an Egyptian defender. However, a nice team play to set up the second goal, and the third, a superb individual effort from Artem Juba. A uh, six foot five inch striker, which is rare, but when those tall guys have sweet feet like Zlatan Ibrahimovic or Edin Dzeko, um, that may be my favorite kind of player. Just tall guys that are quick on their feet because they're target men, but also can run and shoot. I think he would get some transfer activity this summer if not for his age at 29 years old. I think a lot of these Russians will see their value rise this summer. I know I've mentioned this the past few episodes. So for those unfamiliar, in American sports, players are acquired mostly through trades and free agency. But in soccer, the main form of acquisition is transfer via a straight purchase. Uh, so a team will just drop a large sum of money to another team and say, we're going to take this player and work out a contract with him. Each World Cup is a chance for players to show off their skills on the biggest stage in the world, and a handful every year emerge as fresh meat, and the biggest clubs want to get that player on their team in the hopes of catching a rising star, like James last year um, going to Real Madrid. I think for Russia, Golovin is one of those for Russia at just 22. Expect him to maybe move away from his Russian club, CSK Moscow, after the tournament. He's playing really well, and with a lot of years left in his career, a lot of room for growth. All right, back to the game. So Salah would earn a penalty and did convert, but too little too late as well. Russia wins 3-1, to one, and because this is their second win, they've all but assured a spot in the round of 16. All right, let's preview the matches for tomorrow. 
Back to Group B and finishing Group A. First up, Portugal versus Morocco. This one has the potential to be a battle. Portugal need Ronaldo to keep playing well, and if for any reason he slumps at all, maybe misfires on some shots, Morocco have a chance. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, but it has happened before, so as long as he plays well, this one should be Portugal's to win. Uruguay versus Saudi Arabia. After Saudi Arabia fell apart against Russia, I think it's safe to say that Uruguay will be bagging a few goals tomorrow. They'll want to seal their spot in the round of 16 with a second win as well, and they have the talent to do so. Iran versus Spain. This one is a toss-up, believe it or not. Uh, I think the options are either draw or win for Spain. But um, Iran on top of the group, they're going to come into this game with a ton of hope and belief, and they know how to bunker down and defend their hearts out. Um, they stood up to Argentina in the last World Cup. No reason why they can't do it again for Spain. Uh, so the question will be, can Spain break through? It's very hard to say, but I think they will. They have a good mix of creativity and strength, as we saw when Diego Costa, when he made an incredible goal out of nothing, fighting off a couple of Portuguese defenders to create a goal that just simply no one saw coming. So that should be interesting to watch how Spain unlocks the Iranian defense. Yeah, so that does it for the uh, Day 6 report. Thanks for joining me for my sixth tangent. Keep enjoying the great play from the World Cup.